following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carlos Swanigan. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is an international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he really sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hello, friends. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, the show where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I am your host, Carla Swanigan. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. We've got a great show ahead for you. And today I'm excited because we have a new sponsor on the show today. Um, our sponsor today is Paula Waterman of Waterman Team Realty. She happens to be my personal realtor who has helped me with all of my own real estate needs. Paula's been working in the Denver metro area for 10 plus years and has experience to deal with any situation that might arise. She's dealt with the unique challenges of the market while at the same time building a reputation for getting the job done. Paula works with her husband, Chris, who's a mortgage broker, to get purchase buyers the best financing available, as well as making sure the deal always closes. Working with her husband allows for seamless communication between the purchase transaction and the final transaction. And with interest rates the lowest we've seen in years, now is the time to buy. In fact, there are several forgivable down payment loans for people who've had good income and credit, but no down payment. And with inventory the lowest we've seen in years, now is a great time to sell your property. You should call Paula for all of your real estate needs at Waterman Team Realty. Her number is 303-588-5810, or you can find them on the internet at watermanteamrealty.com. And again, the phone number is 303-588-5810. Call Paula for all your real estate needs. I did. They're great. So thank you for that. And today we are digging in. Like I said, we're going to have a great show. This is episode three of our Going Through series. You know, we've all been going through things lately. If you've missed the first two episodes of the Scandalous Grace Radio Show, you can tune in on my website, scandalousgraceradio.com. You can always find past previous episodes there. But on today's episode, we're continuing the Going Through series and just talking about um, just all the different things that so many of us have been going through. It's been a really hard season for a lot of people, not just with the pandemic, but just in general, there's, there's been a lot of um, hardships and difficulties and it's been kind of a scary time. So we've just been kind of walking through that together and, and talking about where God is and all of this and how we can hang on and, and keep going through. Cause like I always say, when you're, when you're going through hell, you don't stop, you keep on going. And that's what we're doing in this series. And so my special guest, like I said, is my dear friend, Annie Ford. Welcome, Annie. Thank you very much. It's so good to have you on the show. I, um, you guys, I have known Annie for many years. Uh, we met, we met at a women's retreat, right? Yep. Yeah. I was, uh, I was doing a women's retreat and Annie was one of the attendees and, and a fellow, a mutual friend introduced us and we just hit it off right from the spot. And um, have been really close ever since. And my kids call her Aunt Annie, really. She's so <laughs> close to our family. But I asked Annie to come today because she's another person who can relate to going through really hard times and what that looks like on our faith journey and, and how, you know, how we walk through hard things with God and come out on the other side of it and what it looks like. And, and what I love about Annie is she's a lot like me in the sense that she keeps it real. Um, you're very authentic. <laughs> And you're very transparent, and that's what 
that's what we all need right now. Absolutely. Um, in the body of Christ, especially, I think is some realness, um, and authenticity and, um, you know, just not somebody saying everything is always rainbows and sunshine because exactly. I mean, it's just not, that's right. not reality. Right. And when Jesus says, you know, you will, you will go through hard things, but you, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. And that's something that I think is really important. We forget the part of going through the hard things. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to do this series and, um, just talk about how to go through hard things and that they are, that it happens to everybody and to pretend like it's not going to happen is unrealistic. And I think dangerous, right. you know, so thank you for coming today. Um, and sharing your story with us, Annie, just tell us a little bit about like your background, how, you know, how'd you come to know the Lord and just a little bit about your history. So I was, I've been born and raised in church. Um, I remember when I was five, my dad led me in the prayer of salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't ever remember a time that I wasn't in church. Wow. And um, even if I wasn't going to the same church as my parents, I was always actively seeking God. Um, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I'm a lifer. Yeah. <laughs> You're in it for life. I'm in it for life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you were in ministry, like, you know, vocational ministry for a while. Can you tell us a little bit about that was California, right? Yeah. Am I getting that right? Yes. So in my mid-20s, I left feeling God calling me to move out to California and I worked in a private Christian school is where it started as far as ministry and um, started then working um, in the youth department and actively working with our youth as well as working um, in our women's ministry and helping um, with events, um, speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So let's dig into a little bit of the, the meat of why I ask you to come today into the, to the heart of this stuff. I think it was, um, I want to say we met in like 2009 or so, maybe 2010, whatever. And then tell us about what you walked through with your mom. What year did all of that start? And tell us a little bit about that. So, um, in the fall of 2010, um, my mom had not let us know that she had had a lump on her breast, um, and ended up she was diagnosed with breast cancer in the fall of 2010. And five months later, then I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. So we were right in the middle of um, going through the treatments as far as surgery. There's a lot of stuff that takes place in the first month, two months of a diagnosis. So we were in the middle of helping her walk through this. And then I had my own diagnosis. Um, Mine was quickly resolved and, Praise God for that. Yeah. Um, hers was a lot longer journey. But, you know, even if I can stop you right there, the uh-huh. double whammy of, yes. you know, having your mom being diagnosed and as shocking as that probably was to you and scary as a daughter and, you know, a family member to get cancer diagnosis that can be so frightening. And then you've got to turn around and also then process your own feelings about right. your own diagnosis. And, right. and it probably felt like your world was you know, crashing it around you all at the same time. I mean, that's a heavy load. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was definitely, um, very heavy and hard days. Um, mostly though, I think my focus was on my mom's because mine was much more treatable and God, you know, not that it wasn't difficult at all. It was just, um, I think the focus is on getting her better and ultimately it looked like she was getting better. You know, she had done the surgeries, um, recovery. We're both kind of recovering at the same time. Mm-hmm. And 
we had a, a time period where all looked really well. Yeah. She like went into remission for a yes. few years. Am I right? Yes. I remember that time. Yes. And that was so exciting as your friend and all of your family family members, I'm sure felt the same way. It was like, okay, you know, we've prayed. God came through all of our prayers are answered right. and there's that roses and sunshine, yes. you know, and rainbows right. feeling. And we had that right. for quite a while. So, yeah. uh, take us back to when that changed. So I just remember coming back from a trip and it was in 2013 when my dad took me aside and told me your mom's cancer is back. And that was a really just, just devastating blow. It really, um, kind of just took the wind from me. Oh, sure. I was not expecting it, was not planning to hear that because you just think it's done. Know, it's done. Yeah. And um, so that kind of began um, the journey of kind of towards the end. You know what I mean? Like uh, she chose not to do treatments. Okay. We were believing firmly on a miracle from God. Mm. And so just respecting her in the medical field, that was my job that this is her journey. This is what she chose, but firmly yeah, he worked in the medical field yes, at the time. Yes. And so just having to respect that, that this is what she was choosing was to walk in faith, um, choosing some alternative methods to some med- traditional medical. Mm-hmm. Um, but firmly all of us believing that God was going to do a miracle and heal her. Well, and you know, I remember, um, you were with me when my dad was diagnosed years mm-hmm. prior to that, you know, he, he was diagnosed in early 2009 and with cancer right. and they gave him 60 days without treatment or six months to a year if he wanted treatment. And mm-hmm. my dad very much was like, nope, I've lived, a, he was in his 60s, right. so he was still really young. Right. But my dad, it was his choice. He's yeah. like, yeah, I don't want treatment. I want my last days on this earth to be good and, and feel good as possible and be healthy and spend it with the most quality time I can with my family. And I remember just like you said, being in the medical field for you and your mom choosing to go the natural route and choosing some of the non-medical procedures to try and, you know, walk through her own process of recovery and healing. Um, For me, when my dad did that, you know, that was really hard for me. It's like those of us who love and care for them, we want to help fix them. And it's, it's letting go that sense of control that is so scary And so, um, for me, it was just like another level of dependency on the Lord. Like, okay, I can't make my dad do what I want. Right. And that in itself is frustrating and scary. And I remember, you know, when he chose to do it that way, just having to let that go. Right. And that in itself is part of going through, I think. And and that's a whole different level of your faith walk with the Lord, trusting him for an outcome that not only you can't control, but involves another person that you exactly. love and care about. And sometimes you just want to grab their shoulders and say, do it my way, <laughs> right, exactly. do it my way. But ultimately their way is not necessarily right. our way. It was a point of complete surrender of mm. just fully trusting God of saying, I have absolutely zero control in this situation. And I have to respect and honor this person. I love to make this decision that she feels is God led and just total surrender. Yeah. And that's, that can be a really scary and hard place to be. Oh my gosh. Like I just got chills when you, when you said that phrase, because I think that's really like hitting the nail on the proverbial head there. Um, <laughs> when you're going through hard things with God, I think that is the phrase that I've been looking for to try and like articulate what right. it feels like. And it's, it is a level of the ultimate and complete surrender. Right. And that is 
scary. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a lot of emotions yes. um, that it brings up in me and I'm sure you, but complete surrender is such a, such a great way to put it in right. specific way, because that is exactly what it is. Yeah. And I guess in the end, that's what he's asking from all of us right. anyway, you know? So, um, jumping back in. So your mom's cancer comes back mm-hmm. and she chooses, you know, not to do the medical traditional treatments. Right. So, um, you know, just take us back into your story from there. So it just, uh, it got very aggressive. Um, my mom's tumor was not internally, it was externally. And so there was a lot of wound care. Um, there was a lot of pain, which cancer just yeah, is mean like that. Um, and it was on her birthday that year, um, 2015, her birthday was in February, um, that we had to take her into the emergency room, um, for some bleeding. And it was at that point, I really believe it was just a godsend. The nurse that took care of us, um, his name was, uh, Manning Aww. and he made us laugh. We hadn't laughed in for so long cause we have just been through so much pain and the up and down through the night, taking care of my mom and yeah. just, um, watching somebody go through so much pain. is just sure. extraordinarily difficult, but he was the one who really guided us into hospice care. And, um, we made that decision that night too. Yeah. That was the journey we were going on. And so, um, we had my mom until November the 4th that year. And we had some great times through that period of time, but there was some very, very difficult times. And even still in choosing to relinquish the traditional medical, like doctors and going to hospice care, again, another step of surrender yes. in this process, um, and trusting God fully still you God are still going to heal my mom. You are yeah. still going to restore her health. You were still fully believing absolutely. that she was going to have a miracle. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I remember standing with you. I remember we all believe that. Yeah. I remember visiting her in hospice yes. and yes. praying over her and having full faith. Like I was so certain yep. that she was going to be healed. And so was she. Yeah. I mean that day, that night when we were there with her, she fully believed that Jesus was going to heal her yeah. and that she was going to get to go home. Yeah. You know? And so she passed on November the 4th, November the 4th of 2015. Yes. Yes. Okay. So can you share a little bit of us, like what you went through after we lost your mom, after you lost your mom? So initially it was amazing. Um, because again, literally that night and knowing how bad she was, I still, I still trusted God that he was going to restore her health and Mm -hmm. bring her full healing. Um, I was there when she took her last breath. I saw her go and it was so peaceful mm-hmm. and I couldn't get over the amount of peace that was inside the room at that time. Yeah. And it, that peace followed for several weeks. Mm-hmm. It followed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until a few weeks later that, you know, then the reality of God, you didn't answer our prayers, right? God, I've been prophesied over for my mom's healing and she's not here. And that's when all of the, flood of emotions and questions came mm-hmm. in is you didn't hear our prayers. We, we fasted and prayed. We diligently served you and believed your word. We've seen miracles. We saw my dad healed sure. in his heart. So we believed for the same thing to happen for my mom. And so standing there weeks later going, where were you? Yeah. And you said you were going to heal her. Now what? Yeah. I know in my own situation, you know, I share with my audience in the first episode of, of this year's show that, you know, I went through a divorce after 
20 years of marriage. Right. And, and I was believing God was going to do a miracle in my marriage for years. Yeah. I mean, I think I stood on that promise for 13 or 14 years of my marriage Yeah. that God was going to do a miracle and saw good times and saw shifts and saw changes and saw hope. And I just believed God was going to do it. So when it didn't right. happen and I got divorced last year, it, it crushed me. Yeah. I did not understand exactly. when things don't turn out the way we've prayed for them to turn out. I feel like that's where really for me and my walk. And I don't know, you can agree or disagree. I felt like I came to a fork in the road in my walk with the Lord. Absolutely. I, I had to make a conscious choice. Was I going to still choose him? Right. Was I, was I going to believe that everything about him was true in spite of my circumstances? Yeah. And I think sometimes people sweep those feelings under the rug and they refuse to look at that fork in the road. Yeah. And that I think down the road can become a huge problem. I, I fully agree with you. And I was at that point. So a few weeks after my mom passed, I received uh, a phone message from, it was actually our pastor at the time, our mutual Who, pastor. Yeah. yeah. And, um, his message was, Oh, Annie, I'm so sorry. Um, I heard about your mom's passing and um, just want to let you know, I'm real sorry to hear about that. And I sure hope she was saved and um, oh. we'll be praying for you. And it was just such an oh, wow. insincere, uh, it just, it just did something to me. Yeah, it um, hit you wrong. Yeah. And it was just interesting how that was the beginning of kind of a, like you said, you're kind of at the crossroads yeah. where um, I, I have to be honest, I stopped going to church. Yeah. Um, I know this is not the traditional way that people expect, you know, to, you to walk through grief and you're supposed to just put on a smile and be Miss yeah, Mary Sunshine. Yeah, but I think it's the real way. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, people may say, but I mean, this is real life. Well, I couldn't, it was really hard because I was having a hard time going and sitting through praise and worship. And mm. the one song that speaks out to me that was hard for me was Chris Tomlin had just released a song, Good, Good Father. Oh, yeah. And Super popular song. Yeah, I was sitting there and it was just, I I couldn't feel that. I My heart couldn't feel that um, he was a good father. And my head... I understood this, but my heart was, but you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And so it became a hard, it became harder for me to go to church and sit through the, you know, the praise and worship and the positive messages than it was for me to stay home mm. and sit on the deck and just meditate and talk to God. I didn't walk away from God. Sure. I never walked away from him, but mm. I had a lot of questions and I learned that I could be angry at God Come and that on. was okay Yes, because he's God and he could handle it. No joke. He could handle my anger. He could handle my questions. He could handle my grief. And it was just easier to deal with it outside of the church than the church doors per mm -hmm. se, than it was for me to just do it privately sitting on the deck. Well, and let me um, just interject right here is a good place to just you know, as two people who have walked through it, I know there's so many people listening that have gone through it. Yes. Um, and when I say through it, I mean, any type of loss, any type of pain, any type of difficulty or hardship, we've all gone through it. And I especially want to speak to the people that are going through it now, right. That are still in the middle of their journey of, you know, hardship or difficulty or loss. And I just want to say, you don't have to turn your back on the Lord. Right. And don't feel shame, guilt, or condemnation because you don't feel like being in a church right now exactly. doing praise and worship. Exactly. Because I think that's an I think that's a real honest thing to say. Right. That's not super well received probably right. by um, 
maybe church leadership, not all, but some, I get it. Um, but sometimes people just, people need to work through their stuff and God does it in ways that their heart can handle at the time. Right. And it's important to stay in community. Don't isolate. We need each other. But I know when you were going through your stuff and you didn't feel like being in church, um, I, I tried to, to be with you and I was standing in faith and standing in the gap. And there are people that do that. And you've done that for me when I was in that place last year, when I didn't want to go to church and be around people for the same reasons. Right. It's hard to be in that environment when you're, you are struggling so hard in your relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And we each have to reconcile our own crossroads Absolutely. with him, our own faith journey. And I just want to speak to those people going through it right now. That's okay. Yes. Nobody's condemning you because you don't feel like going to church this weekend. Um, but I do strongly encourage you to stay connected with other believers Absolutely. that love you and that are praying for you. And that will stand in the gap for you when you can't stand for yourself. You know, it's like, I think it's the story of Moses in the Bible, you know, when, um, the two guys held up his arms Mm -hmm. during the battle because he was weary and he couldn't hold his arms up anymore. And as long as his arms were up, the Lord was letting the Israelites win. But when his arms would fall down, the enemy was taken over. And so they held up his arms when he got tired. And we have friends in the body of Christ that'll do that. And it's okay if you can't be in a big, giant, happy church gathering while you're grieving something, no matter what that looks like. So I just want to encourage those people listening. Well, because grief is different for everybody and everybody walks through it differently. And you shouldn't condemn somebody if they're walking through something that looks different yeah. than how you did it. Exactly. And it's okay. Like I said, it's okay to um, take that time. It's important to take that time. It's okay to let God know how you really feel and not try to fake it. But like you said, make sure you have, you know, yes. two, three people who are there for you, yes. who who check in on you to make sure you don't want to be isolated. That's, that's dangerous. Yeah. Um, but to, to know that it's okay to take time out to walk through the process, however that looks for you. That's right. And if you see somebody who's going through that process, mm. don't condemn them. Don't, yes. don't speak. Don't judge them. Exactly. Exactly. Be there for them. Walk alongside them. Yeah. It doesn't mean they've walked away from God. It just means that they're having to walk through this journey yeah, a different way than what we expect the typical Christian to how yeah. they have, how to handle the typical loss. You know, yeah. nothing's typical about loss. Well, and just before we, just to kind of close, I'd love to, you just tell us where are you now on your journey with the Lord? It's, you know, been five years later. Would you say you're in a good place with him? Can you go to church now? Like, where are you at? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm a lot better than I was. And every day, um, is a better day. I am going back to church. Um, I have not gotten super involved as far as ministries and stuff yet back at church, Mm -hmm. but, um, praise and worship is fantastic. Being in the house of God is awesome. Um, and I'm different. I'm different for walking through that loss yeah. and I have a lot more compassion. Um, I just, I feel closer to God. And so, no, I am. That's so good. I'm healing. You went through. Yeah. You kept Absolutely. going when you were going through, you kept going. Right. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your story with Absolutely. us, Amy. Thanks for having me. I love you so much. I love you. Um, I want to pray for people now. Um, as we close the show, but before I do, I want to remind you that you can find more about this ministry and previous episodes at scandalousgraceradio.com. There's also a little button on there where you can send in your prayer request and also your testimonies of God's scandalous grace in your own life. We would love to hear from you. And now I'm going to pray for us. Annie, if you have anything you want to add, just go right ahead and then I'll close. Dear Jesus, just, um, I just lift up people to who right now in this time that we're in, 
there are people who have lost loved ones um, and in just going through great pain. I just pray for a deep comfort and a deep peace to come over them. Those who are listening right now who maybe their marriages have lost, been lost, um, maybe they've lost a child, a parent, a friend, I just ask you to be the great comforter and to comfort them with great peace and strength right now. Thank you, Lord. And we pray for healing in bodies. We pray for healing of any type of cancer. And we thank you, Lord, for leading us through those levels of surrender and taking us through and that that you are there with us as we go through. In the mighty and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to ScandalousGraceRadio.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan ministry resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to ScandalousGraceRadio.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. And please join us again every Monday at 1 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan on Denver's 94.7 FM, The Word.